bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, 1990 Survivor Series. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast. And don't forget, we're now part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcast. Catch them at the WrestleHub on YouTube. And Instagram. Guys, are you the ultimate survivor? I'd like to think so, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. The ultimate survivor. I chose this specifically. Why, this so do you fun. ask? Uh, it is, this is number 30 reason. years old, this pay-per-view. 30 I, years. I think you think of timing of this. 30 years for this pay-per-view is awesome. That's a big. That's a big plus. But um, I know we just recently finished recording the Road Warrior slash Legion of Doom episode, and they happen to be on the Survivor Series too, which is pretty cool. And um, there was one other reason I thought that was pretty poignant to Survivor Series and why this was. Uh, we're we're kind of rolling into November, aren't we? We're getting we're getting close to it. It's about we're, we're in it technically uh, when this yeah. airs, but uh, and then on uh, on the twenty second of November, it's going to be thirty. 30 like i was doing the math in my head in preparation for this uh dave and i were freshly in eighth grade back here and craig was a freshman in high school good gravy yeah Yeah, great great time this uh hit me in the feels uh, on many different ways both positively and negatively when i realized Mm -hmm. how old i am that was terrible and then uh but then also watching this i remember watching this this was the final survivor series that was on thanksgiving night um, I'm pretty sure that is a true statement, what I just said. Um, I specifically remember watching this with no friends in my house. And I would always have friends over for pay-per-views, but because everybody was at having Thanksgiving dinner with their family, I'm almost positive that 1991 was the first one that was the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, but this was the very last Survivor Series, which up until this point, and including this pay-per-view, was on actual Thanksgiving night. Kind of odd. They, it did well for four years, I guess, and then they did decide to switch it. But um, it's kind of odd that they uh, had it on Thanksgiving. It was a Thanksgiving night tradition for four years. Yeah. Well, I, I'm always reminded of all the VHS Coliseum videotapes of all the Survivor Series, which had the multiple teams on it, the big yellow box. Um, I, that's I what think, I think of. I think that's where I saw it with Jess. Jess probably broke out the box, and that's when I saw it for the first time, because I don't think I saw it live. Yeah. 
it's always really interesting on paper. And when you read the back and you read the teams and you're like, oh, wow, there's something here. They can sometimes, and they do a lot, disappoint. And that's just because it's too many guys in the ring. There's too much stuff to get in. It can be rushed. Um, well, and they, on the first two years, they used to have a tag team. <laughs> that's five, right. Yeah, five yeah. teams versus side like teams. Like 10 on 10, right? Yeah, like 20 mother couldn't efforts, see like all on the outside of the thing. apron. You couldn't even see the action inside of the ring unless the camera elevated, unless they used the crane camera. Uh, they yeah. did that for the first two years, and then they stopped that in 89, and then they did not do it here either. They would put the tag teams in with other teams of four. So they, they did try to streamline it because originally the first two Survivor Series were teams of five. Um, yeah, here, it's, it's just teams of four. Yeah, it's too many. So I, I think, think even might have been the best one. Yeah, um, I would like to have seen them try the tag team one with only four teams. That's still a lot yeah. of people, but it's a little bit better. But uh, no, they, so, so they that's fine. Mean, but this one was significant for many reasons. It was the 30th anniversary. This Survivor Series is the is I I mean, I could be totally wrong because there's been a lot of Survivor Series since here. But um, this is fam- like one of the most talked about because there were three major things that happened here. One, the first thing is just pertaining to this event alone. The second one is uh, absolutely legendary. And the third one is one of the worst moments in wrestling history um, that helped birth WrestleCrap. <laughs> So <laughs> this Survivor Series is very significant. We'll and as we it. go, when we start reviewing it, I will reveal the three major historic moments that this event is famous for. And I think why people still talk about it today. Um, the first one, I'll just get out of the bag right now. This is the only Survivor Series where they had a grand finale match of survival, meaning all the survivors from each teams that would compete during the night would face again. The problem is, and I never thought of this when I was, you know, in eighth grade because you didn't. You just believed everything they put out there. Sure. Is they never said how the teams would be arranged. Obviously, it was good guys on the same team and bad guys on the same team, and yeah. that would be the grand finale. But face like, you didn't, they didn't say that, you know, at the beginning. They never right. referred to wrestlers as heels or faces or good guys or bad guys. They just referred to them as wrestlers, and you knew who the heels were and you knew who the faces were. So that's how they arranged it, and they never did it after this. And I, I kind of see why. They didn't, but this is the first thing right out of the gate. One of three, check in the box, is this is the I, only Survivor Series with the grand finale match survival in it. And I thought it was awesome. I still liked it even when I was I like that concept. Game. Don't get me wrong. On paper, I thought it was creative, and they were trying to do something different with it. Mm-hmm. I, if they would have bracketed it for you, right? Like yeah. These guys are going to meet each other. Yeah, they, but they broke. They even broke kayfabe in the bracketing. Like it was just all good guys versus heels. So it was yeah. like, what? But I, the last... Uh, this particularly, not the um, the format itself, but the wrestlers in it, I found, we'll get to it later, but I, I was completely intrigued and couldn't take my eyes off the interaction, knowing what was going on between the history of these guys in this grand finale and how they work together and like, how did they get along? It was just a very strange to see. And I was like, that must have been very weird for a lot of people in that grand finale. And then I get it's all like, you know, predetermined. So they write it out. But if you're, you know, treating this like it's a real event, quote unquote. What if all the faces won or all the heels won right. on every ma- How do you split the teams up and put them in the grand finale? I never thought about that until 43-year-old Jess watched this like two days ago. And I was like, "What? wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Like, there's so many things that could have went wrong if this was an actual real-life sporting event, you know? But, like, of course, they didn't book it that way. But, I mean, if you're to believe this is a real competition, like, that could very well happen. I'm like, how do, what do you do then? They just don't have it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> all faces won tonight. Dan, Dan, and then the See you at the Royal ends. Rumble. <laughs> yeah. why is, why no grand finale tonight. <laughs> See you at the Royal Rumble. Why is it always Booker's music after? Dun, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> every time. Every time. That is Whenever the ultimate make a funny about music, it, We have yeah. to walk off. It's Booker's yeah. music. Dun, 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 dun. So. <laughs> That's right. That is the go-to. <laughs> It is Why? It's the classic. That's a great point. Why? It just it's perfect for it. It's well, it's my go-to, and I think I've poisoned your guys' mind because that's all I do. Is <laughs> Booker T theme music for it's, it's etched in there forever, not just when Hogan pins Andre. One, two, he got him standing well, have... and Hogan's posing at Mania Three. So I will uh, I this the little atmosphere really quick on professional wrestling in nineteen ninety, uh NWA slash WCW. Uh, was a month away from their Starcade pay-per-view. Uh, the current champions in WCW at this time were Sting, was the NWA heavyweight champion. Stan the Lariat Hansen was the United States champion. And wow. a little team called Doom uh, was the tag team champions. Uh, a month later, however, Stan Hansen would lose his U.S. title to Lex Luger. Uh, and Sting would defeat the Black Scorpion, who would unmask himself to be Rich Flair with short hair. Jess, wrestling historian, why? Because when you just said Starcade was a month later, did they, when did they, what year did they get off of Thanksgiving and Survivor Series run them out? I would say way before this, not way before it, but I want to say I could be wrong. It was 86 or 87 was the last Starcade. That's a long time. Okay. I think when Survivor Series became a pay-per-view because Vince was trying to, you know, boop, boop, mess with people. um, I think that's when they switched it. I, 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 I. You caught me on that one. I don't know the exact year, but it was around that time. Which which um, was set like I, I kind of like Starcade. Uh, I mean, Vince takes everything, makes it better, and then destroys everything around him. But like, yeah, Starcade we was the Thanksgiving tradition in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. It was the original. You you are correct. And uh, in the WWF, uh, we have the World Heavyweight Champion is the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Intercontinental Champion here is Kerry Von Erich, who is about a month away from losing it again back to Mr. Perfect. Uh, and the tag team champions here were the Hart Foundation, who would which hold apparently on the title I read he another- he had lost it in a TV taping before this event. Say it again. Sorry. Um, Texas Tornado actually lost his title oh, well, before good. this event in That's a TV a taping, point. but he wore the belt at Survivor Series. So That's someone said like because he looked yeah. bummed during this event, like. It kind of makes sense, actually. I'm glad I didn't know that, actually. I didn't read that far into research, but it makes sense because mm. Perfect defeated him on an episode of Superstars, which typically is taped like a month later. in advance. So this would be perfect. Mm. Uh, and Kerry Von Erich defeated Mr. Perfect at the pay-per-view before this, SummerSlam 1990 in August. So, so uh, there's a handful of people who saw that house show and like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. Because back here, yeah, they had so much. They didn't have Raw or anything like that. So it was all syndicated television. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we yeah. were actually at a house show. Um, in 1992, where they aired the British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship on Saturday night's main event that night. But we went to a house show at the LA Sports Arena and Shawn Michaels walks out with the IC belt. Someone behind us had a fucking portable television. Don't I, I am not making this up. And he was watching Saturday night's main event on it. And we saw Bulldog lose to Michaels on the TV from this stranger behind us who let us kind of peek in on it. And we looked live in the ring, and Michaels was defending against, I don't remember who, it wasn't Bulldog. Um, and he had the Intercontinental Championship. And most of the crowd's like, what? That's tonight! But not realizing that they they purposely ran a house show on the same night that Saturday Night Main Event was airing. Thinking like, well, the 8,000 fans that are here are not going to fucking care. And there was no internet, and there was no, you know what I mean? Like, so it was yeah. just, What a nerd. That's how it to bring that portable TV with a long-ass antenna. 
back in the day. Like, yeah, the, it was like a little square TV, yeah. probably like a little tiny black and white screen. Like yeah. That. Yeah, I know. I, I can see it in my head. I sold him at the shack for three hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and that was the that's the atmosphere of professional wrestling here. Uh, Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan earlier in the year for the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania six, and was champion all throughout the year. He was about two months away from losing it to Sergeant Slaughter at Royal Rumble nineteen eighty one because Hulk's got to get his belt back. Um, yeah. It was Warriors that's Federation. It was his time. It was yeah. Warriors time. Yeah. Can I? Can I uh, give the backdrop of where we're at and all that good stuff? Yeah, it, it, tell us where we're at because this is super interesting. I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to lay the... No, no, no. I mean, I'm serious about where the oh. city that it's in. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is uh, in the Hartford, Connecticut city Of course center. it is because Connecticut's Vince's backyard. So he's yeah. like, Thanksgiving? Uh Connecticut. All the other wrestlers are like, fuck like, you. I don't live in Connecticut. Yeah. Vince is like, well, I live in Connecticut. It's fine for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll have Vince Thanksgiving has- dinner with the family before. Then, they, yeah. they book 16,000 people, and obviously they sell it out um, in, in good old Hartford. Uh, the, 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 the coolest backdrop of this, I was telling Jess about this before we start. We talk about it all the time. We think it's just lovely when... Vince McMahon announces the entire card before it starts. I love his you know. beginnings. He's to the Royal Rumble. He was good at everything he did. Right? He announced, he yeah. ring announced, he did all this, but he, he always had so much passion. Like You can't help but yeah. smile 30 years ago when Vince McMahon's doing the pre-tape and doing the intro with like just his, his huge it's Mr. McMahonism fun. before I, it was I, decades I, before I it was Mr. McMahon. The best, right? Yeah, yeah. The best. It's the best time. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Rowdy Roddy Piper are your commentators, which I honestly I thought it was kind of fun. I think Rowdy could have done a better job. Of oh, bad. He's, like, he's like, which bushwhacker is that? I'm like, come on, bro. Like, come on, man. <laughs> come on out. Uh, and then we have the big stupid egg behind them. Uh, backdrop to to the time frame. This is during the George Walker is it George? No, George Herbert Walker Bush presidency era during the first. Iraqi war, which is we'll get into that a little bit later about why that's important. Uh, and Howard Finkel is Woo. plugging the announcer work, which oh, so good. So and good. you know who works a lot hard tonight? It's Mean Gene has a lot to do tonight. Yeah, Mean Gene is, is always, always fantastic. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a really good point. Um, he is all over um, interviewing pretty much everybody. Some of it was probably pre-taped, so a lot of it was done beforehand. But um, and then he does some live stuff too, which I'm sure we'll get into, which was. Kind of ridiculous, but not his fault. Uh, and on a side note, Dave, you did write <laughs> yeah. down the interview segments and and the, I did. the egg segment, right? I, I, I did. I got. Okay, I, good. I, should have I never do. I always go over the matches, and I rely on you to take me through the interviews because I never write them down. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll start off. Let's get go. The, there was a dark match, by the way, on this. Shane Douglas oh. defeated Nature Boy Buddy Rose in an I don't care match uh, right before <laughs> the pay per view went on the air. Um, they don't put the time or anything, so I don't care either. So then the pay per view uh, goes live. It's not even. It's not even on. It's not even on the network when you watch it either. It's not even no, it was. A, yeah, it was a dark match. Yeah, I thought this was, was way before Shane Douglas's time. That just blew my mind. Uh, he was way. Remember, he wasn't the same Shane Douglas. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I wow. remember him in '91. He was in Royal Rumble '91, and he was in a few. Wow. I remember him in '91 distinctly. But they were really know pushing him as a baby face back then. He, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I get my ears just completely confused. It's just <laughs> just a, no brain cells well, I mean, left. Don't put yeah. a lot of pressure on yourself. It's Shane match number one. Match is Austin in this was, the, was <laughs> the Warriors, and I like this too because I don't remember some past ones, but they gave names to each team here. 
uh, and I really yeah. liked it. It was the Warriors, which consisted of yep. Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom, the Texas Tornado, and the Ultimate Warrior against the perfect team of Mr. Perfect, Axe, Crush, and Smash, the threesome of Demolition. Uh, let me just say that the Warriors team is highly regarded as one of the greatest Survivor Series teams of all time, just from the on paper and their look. It's the Road yeah. Warriors, it's the Ultimate Warrior, and it's Carrie Von Eric. And uh, they were a great fucking team. Like, uh, I re- remember watching it a couple days ago going like, God, man. Like, I still had a hard time believing this was the first match. Like, this was... Well, yeah, they put this on first. Yeah. And he's champ and Warriors champ at this time. And Warriors champ here, too. So I'll go over uh, the... And the whole match was 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior would become the sole survivor. Here's the order of eliminations. Um, yep. Axe was eliminated by the Ultimate Warrior. Smash Warriors was... Yeah, Smash, Crush, Hawk, and Animal, and I'll get in my notes, too. The remaining members of Demolition and LOD had some bullshit double disqualification, which I fucking hated. Like, I, yeah, I, I thought it was terrible. All. I was like, God, yeah. So they just, to keep that feud alive, they just disqualified all of them. So instantly you had just Mr. Perfect all by himself against the Texas Tornado and Mr. Perfect, or uh, the Ultimate Warrior, excuse me. Yeah, and, and uh, Perfect, Mr. Perfect becomes a damn bump machine. Yeah, right? Mr. Perfect sold his ass off here and actually defeated so Mr. Per- uh, defeated Kerry Von Eric cleanly at the 11-minute mark by pinfall, and then the Ultimate Warrior perfect would defeat him at bro. 14 minutes. Yep, right in the Perfect Plex. Top turnbuckle, now he's in trouble. The pendulum keeps swinging, Rod, back and forth. And I don't know if the referee's seen it, but the turnbuckle has gone off that one side, and he just got his head. Texas Tornado got his head right in. Oh, perfect flex. Yes, shoulders were down. That's it. I got to mark him off, Gorilla. Just hang on. Texas Tornado. Uh, which makes sense about what Craig said, because, like, they are just like, fucking job him out. He already lost the belt not on tv but on the pre-tape so they were pretty much just like job them out i always thought it was funny even the the eighth grade jess back here going like it i found it really odd that henning got a clean pin on carrie von eric and then a month later we would watch on superstars uh carrie losing to uh mr perfect for the intercontinental championship so um yeah my notes were lame double disqualification for lod and demolition i hated it uh i was really surprised that mr perfect got the clean pin and i gave it a thumbs in the middle because I did not like the DQ between Demolition and LOD. I hated it. I thought that sucked. And But the beginning was good because watching all the guys come down to the ring and the crowd is hype. And then mm-hmm. the ending was cool, too. Um, watching Perfect I, bump around. Yeah, I gave, I gave he, it a thumbs in the middle. He even bumps around a little bit. Yeah, I gave it a thumbs in the middle. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I want to give it a thumbs middle, too. I, I just, even at the end, you, like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cheap pop, you know, when you get DQ'd and you have to get out of the ring and, just raise your hands because you're LOD just to get another pop and walk out of there. It's like, whatever. Like, what is this shit? Um, but a big miss, by the way, when you talk about Kerry Von Eric getting pinned by the perfect plex, he actually gets, he actually takes a header to an open turnbuckle before that happens. And that's, oh, that's right. Not so clean. Um, from what I observed. I mean, for uh, WWF heel, I think that's pretty clean. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. It's just uh, on the definition of clean, I suppose. But it's it's uh, it was a perfect way to, I guess, kind of defend Kerry Von Eric. But it seems a little weird when it seems like he's kind of on his way out anyway. Um, but maybe we didn't, maybe they didn't know it here. They're trying to protect him a little bit with the with the heel finish. But and then uh, I also have notes. I, I can't I I can't believe I didn't see it then, but I see it now. I can't stand the Warriors finisher. It's it's it, he he it's always terrible. oversteps it. It's it, there, there's nothing worse than just a big splash for a finish. It, it has no effect whatsoever. Um, the shoulder block was was decent, 
but the flying shoulder well, block. But you know who had a better flying shoulder block in that match? Freaking Hawk did. Hawk, Hawk always had a good one. flying shoulder block. Yeah, and uh, just like, I mean, oh, the warrior coupling it with the press slam and then into the splash, I could buy. But when he would be in there against big superstars, he wouldn't press them. He would just hit him with the splash and beat him. And I was like, why? Like, why yeah, does that finish off anybody? That that to me, that that's all bothersome. So thumbs middle, but. Yeah, but I, I gotta—I'd give it more if anybody was a little bit better. But perfect, perfect saves the whole match. He's pretty much the ring general in there. Like demolition, don't do a damn thing. That all. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, Craig, what do you think? So, thumbs in the middle too. Uh, here's my notes. Uh, I mean, I forgot how much I dislike the warrior. I like his stiffness <laughs> in his like shoulder blocks. He's just—he's—he's uh, he's just rough. He just forearms everyone. He's so like. I just remember stories of everyone was no one, not many people have a nice thing to say about him. And it's like, I get it. I, I kind of get mean it too. If you were a heel and in there with the warrior, you had to be on your game because he just did what he wanted to do. He yeah. didn't like signal for the heel to be in place or wait for them. Warrior was just going to get his shit in. And as the heel, you had to make sure that you knew where you were at all times, because if not, warrior was just going to literally run over you. So, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you were you looking, were where were you ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this was like the peak of his like power, probably like he he thinks it's going to last forever. Um, 1990 had a lot of shouting in promos like the, there's always a lot of shouting in wrestling, but they, they have a promo with the um, the warriors here. And every single one of them has is just screaming. Um, yeah, especially when I thought that they would scream the loudest. Animal would always out scream everybody. Animal <laughs> yeah. screams so loud. But what I what I, I had my notes on the on the interview too, Jess. I don't know, and Craig, I don't know if you noticed, but the warrior pretty much gets poked in the eye by one of. <laughs> I wrote Hawk's that same note. I said, "How did the warrior not block. lose an eye to Hawk's shoulder pad?" Yeah, <laughs> I wrote he, the same he got note. Caught. He's like, ah, he goes, ah. His eyes between, like, there's a there's a, there's a spike in front and a spike like behind his neck, and he's still he's warriorring out and almost because like they, they have him they have him up close for the shot. They have him yeah. all tight and really tight. And um, but what I would say, if you really listen to Warrior's promo there. It was probably one of his best promos he's ever done. It was, it was, it was clean. It was coherent. It actually made sense, and it was really like it was kind of like a like a like a death march for the yeah. perfect team. Um, yeah. And it all tied into Survivor Series. It all tied into the match. I was like, damn, that was a really. It was it, someone. He really took some time on that one. We're usually just like, oh my warriors and yeah. I'm the wild blah blah blah. And then, but this one was really well thought out. Uh, probably and the t- best promo I remember uh, Warrior doing, and then almost losing an eye at the same time. <laughs> two uh, two so, quick is there other notes here. Segment after this, Dave. Yeah, after this one, there's actually uh, an interview with the Million Dollar Team, and mm-hmm. they ask about the mystery partner. And DBS is like, "Well, I'll tell you when we get in there." <laughs> and, you know that kind, that kind of thing. So, so all right. Um, well, the next yeah. match is going to hit my second milestone. Uh, it is the Million Dollar Team, consisting of the Honky Tonk Man and Greg Valentine, uh, who are rhythm and blues. And Ted DiBiase and their mystery partner, who replaced Bad News Brown, who was originally yeah. supposed to be. But Bad News actually, right before this pay-per-view, had a falling out with Vince. And Vince didn't pay him what he said he was going to pay, according to Bad News. And didn't push him the way he was going to push him, according to Bad News. You were so gonna Bad make me News left. You were gonna make me champion, and he was replaced by a guy named The Undertaker, who made his World Wrestling Federation debut on Survivor Series here with his then-manager, Brother Love. Um, Little known fact, Undertaker was pretty good. So without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner, 
led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I give you The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker, the mystery partner is now revealed. I never heard of him. Oh, take oh. a yeah, Undertaker became so. I mean, he was like a mid card guy, not really. He's all right. Uh, yeah, he lasted a while. Uh, yeah, he was fine. He had like a two or three win streak on yeah. WrestleMania, and then that was it. And then he was done. Yeah, I was literally have him. a note that says, "This Undertaker guy too cartoony. I can't buy it. It'll never work. Why would a dead man wrestle dumb?" Because <laughs> 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 no, he really uh, so, and they, they took on uh, the Dream Team, uh, which was consisted of Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart, the Hart Foundation, who, like I said, were tag champions. Coco Beware and Dusty Rhodes. Um, so you know, there's a, in my opinion here, there's there's a there's a trivia wrestling question that everybody should always, if you're a wrestling fan, you should always be able to answer. And who took the Undertaker's first tombstone? Was, uh, Uncle Coco <laughs> and, 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 gorilla, <laughs> and Pile Driver and Gorilla Monsoon. What a great song, actually, by the way. What a great gorilla song. Monsoon actually messed up because yeah, he goes, he's not to Oh, he nailed him with a tombstone. And then Piper's like, What was that? And he was like, Well, I think it's a tombstone. <laughs> he's like, I bet and it's I a like, tombstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly he was again, because so, yeah. Monsoon was at the Superstars taping before this, where Undertaker had debuted. Yeah, so either yeah. way, even if Bad mm-hmm. News made it. They were just going to save the Undertaker for the the debut of that session of the TV tapings that they were doing. But I, what's important here, and this is, is my second milestone, arguably Vince's greatest character of all time, one of the most iconic wrestlers ever. Dare I say, in the top ten of greatest wrestlers of all time, with his influence, his work, his longevity, um, everything. What do you say about the Undertaker? We've talked about it on you know a review of the Last Ride whenever he retired on his documentary. Um, what he became when I was watching this, I actually had to stop myself and just watch him. And I was like, God, like he was really what a good. career he would go on to have. It's odd. You never knew watching the beginning here. Uh, and a little known fact, too, in the TV tapings that Craig talk about that they never aired some of them. Um, his original name was Kane, the Undertaker, and they dropped yeah. Kane. Because Bruce Pritchard had a big part in creating the Undertaker character, and Bruce Pritchard also created Kane. So when they didn't use Kane here, I think they just thought it was too much. Why do you need two names? Just call him the Undertaker. Just call him the so Undertaker. they did that, and that's why Brother Love was his manager here, because he helped create the character. Um, about a month later or two months later, Percy Pringle would enter the WWF and become Paul Bearer, and the rest there is history. But yes, his original manager was Brother Love, and uh, it was just so weird to me to watch him come out to his original music and... I, it was just crazy. And right away, yeah, they would have gotten his gimmick across by having him debut on WWF Superstars and Wrestling Challenge. But here he was immediately in the ring with superstars like Rhodes, the Hart Foundation. Uh, you know, I'm not making a joke, but Coco was a big right. star, too. They all had WWF exposure. Rhodes was a legend. And uh, he was handling them. They booked him to handle these guys. You know, he disposed yeah. of Coco easy, which I know everyone kind of did. He threw, but, I mean, he threw but Dusty still, around they, like a ragdoll. Yeah, he, he manhandled Dusty, and, you know, it was they sent a message with this match to get him over right away. So I just find it really interesting that while they would have achieved the same goal eventually by debuting him on WWE Superstars, they did it immediate here with live performance right in there with Superstars, shoulder to shoulder with other big names. Like, it was yeah. a huge statement that paid off big time. I still think the gimmick would have gotten over, uh, but uh, what an amazing 
moment, like watching him come down and knowing what he'd become. The entire match was 13 minutes and 54 seconds. Sorry, it was long-winded there. Uh, Coco Beware was eliminated after a minute and 39 seconds by The Undertaker and the debut of the Tombstone Piledriver. Uh, Honky Tonk Man was eliminated by Jim the Anvil Nightheart at four minutes. Ted DiBiase Power beat... Power slam, right? Yeah, Ted DiBiase beat uh, The Anvil at five minutes. The Undertaker uh, eliminated Dusty Rhodes by pinfall. Again, booking him strong at eight minutes. The Undertaker kind of got counted out. He started fighting Dusty Rhodes and got counted out so they could save face and he didn't have to lose the match or win because you couldn't put Taker in the match of survival because he was too new and you didn't want to damage his character. So that makes total sense. Um Bret Hart defeated Greg Valentine at nine minutes, and I put the final. I loved watching Bret and DiBiase in the final, you yeah. know, four minutes or whatever it was. It was. Piper great mentioned that set. Bret lost his uh, brother, um, you know, like to. I think he died from a staph infection of the flesh eating bacteria. I want to say, um, I believe it was his brother uh, that Piper mm-hmm. said passed away. So yeah, oh wait, which one? I don't remember what the name of it was. Piper said it, and I can't remember his name. But he he mentioned it at the end. He's like Bret Hart. Who just lost his own brother a couple days ago? Oh, I didn't know. I want to say it was the brother that was practicing on a wrestling ring they had in the backyard at Stu's house, and he got staph infection from it, which turned into the flesh eating bacteria and killed him. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, And on that high note, what did you? uh, But DiBiase pinned uh, Bret Hart and would become the sole survivor. So now in the match of survival, right now it's the Ultimate Warrior against Ted DiBiase. And uh, I give it a thumbs up. I like the way this match was worked um, because of Brett at the end. The debut of The Undertaker was you can't forget that. I thought everybody worked well with him and was unselfish and they put Taker over. Um, yeah. I thought it was a good match for a Survivor Series match, right? It was a well. Yeah. So I give it a thumbs up. It was a well-worked match. Uh, I, I, th- I think it was well. I also give it a thumbs up. But I think it, it always comes to the fact that when Brett's working a match, it's pretty well orchestrated. And they probably had a lot to do. Uh, an organization before they didn't want to quite frankly they didn't want to fuck up Undertaker's debut uh, so there's a lot to be said of what happens and how it happens so it was it was probably the most well organized match of the night um, but also uh, I, I have some notes in here because you know when the Undertaker's countered out it looks like Brett is definitely he's definitely outmatched or not outmatched he's outnumbered but he puts a small package on Valentine and catches him quick which is an ultimate wrestling move it's always that small package that catches you when you're not when you're not ready for it which I, I think is well written in. And then there's a section where Brett takes a drop a drop toe um, that, that Million Dollar Man lays out and actually he catches Brett, which almost never happens, right? When someone lays a drop toe, they never catch it. You jump over the guy. But this one actually, Brett gets caught in the drop toe and plays possum that his knee's blown out and then almost rolls up uh, Million Dollar Man again. But Million Dollar Man kicks out and then basically it's a crossbody by Brett that Million Dollar Man reverses over and beats the Hitman. I also put notes here that I I feel like this was a test, at least one one of the first tests for Bret Hart to see what's going to happen if, if they ever wanted to take him solo. Um, that four minutes makes a difference. And to put him in a spot like that, even though he didn't win, um, I, I think that that was definitely a test for Brett because he gets up and he's waiting for crowd response too to kind of see how it goes. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I definitely gave the match a thumbs up. That was kind of what my feeling on that match. They wanted to see what he could do on the main stage a little bit if he was that last person in there and how the crowd responded. Obviously, they loved him. You know, you could see that they were they went nuts for Brett. So I don't know. Thoughts on that? What do you guys think? Yeah, I, my my thumbs up also. I think this was the best match of the night. It had kind of two segments. It was like Undertaker's uh, debut and then it was kind of 
Brett to shine towards the end. And my notes um, yeah. were, where are the poker dots for Dusty? Um, I said, poor Coco. And then he takes a botched tombstone. It looked like Undertaker botched his first ever tombstone. He hit it too close to the ropes and he almost didn't get all of it. Yeah. And I was like, man, for the first one. Uh, and I don't think he ever tried the tombstone again after this. No. <laughs> um, his finisher was the armbar. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not going to switch it up. Uh, Taker actually pins Dusty. And I just wrote, Taker pins Dusty? Damn. <laughs> And then um, after Brett's kind of performance, each match has its own little MVP and worker. Perfect in this one. Brett in this one. We'll talk about um, uh, Michaels in the next one. But Mm -hmm. uh, what was cool is Bret Hart drops a legit F-bomb after getting kind of pinned by DiBiase in this. And he got caught. He's all, fuck, like that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) which is cool. It was like perfect for the character because you actually... For a second, thought he could you win. You felt like, like he was a real doing... athlete that just got I caught agree. real quick, and he's like, "Fuck!" Like yeah. it's just that. Yeah, yeah. And he almost caught DiBiase in the process. Little things, you, awesome little things you don't see nowadays that made wrestling real back then. As cartoony as it was in WWF, here you had guys that were so smart, like Brett, and they would just do things that would make you think it's real. And him just after he got pinned, he looked around and he was like, and he realized he got pinned. He's like, "Fuck!" Like, and it's just yeah, he was bummed. Yeah. He lost a match. He didn't want to yeah. lose the match. Like that wasn't really hurt. He just got caught. He was a little tired. Character he got caught. out. It's so simple, yet they don't do that stuff anymore. So, Duck underneath, look up. Yes! High cross body ball. No, no. No, kick, kick. It's over. Uh, Dave, what was there uh, some kind of bullshit interview segment out of us? Oh, yeah, there sure Dave. was. The Vipers are getting interviewed with oh Jake, and, you know, obviously, and Damien. You see my white eye. Oh, in, in the, a shower, Dave. In the shower? In the location. I was, I, was, I was getting there. I was trying hey, to guys, for effect. Teams bond in any way possible. Apparently, these guys bonded in the shower. And um, yeah, they bonded in the shower. Um, and Jake, and Jake's white eye, I think, looks, I mean, as ridiculous as the storyline, it does look so creepy and spooky. It does. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah, and Jake puts on a great promo, but just saying that he does that every time. Jake, I, I can't, I've never heard Jake have a bad promo um, unless he was drunk somewhere like 30 years later, maybe. That, and but even then, I probably didn't hear it. But but yeah, they, they, they're saying that it's good for Damien to be in the shower. I'm like, well, okay, yeah. whatever, this is fucking stupid, and but, me too. Um, but the promo itself was great, and then it's what's even funnier is that no one else really talked, like Sean, and they're just. Why would you? At that pieces. point, when he lays down a good promo, Jake, I'd yeah, be you're like, like, I'm not, that. I'm not gonna top. I'd be all, and so. cut, and, <laughs> and, and let's, let's get out of here. Snooka <laughs> does like berserker hooks, yeah, he does. behind him. He always so, used to do that though. We kind of forget uh-huh. that he always. Oof. He yeah. loves, he loves water as well. Um, the next match is the, the Visionaries, which is Hercules and Paul Roma. Dave, Dave hates the team of Power and Glory. Yeah, they're uh, terrible. I can't they stand. teamed with the Warlord and Rick Martell, uh, and they defeated the Vipers, which consisted of Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snuka, and the Rockers, Marty Jannetty, and Shawn Michaels. 17 minutes was a bit long in the tooth for me, <laughs> but I do like uh, the story that they told. I know Dave said the gimmick is silly, but the I was cool with Jake. And they really yeah. just decimated his team to make Jake all by himself. Like, so you had sympathy for Jake. Marty Jannetty got de- got defeated by the Warlord by pinfall at five minutes. Rick Martell defeated Jimmy Snuka by pinfall at nine minutes. Paul Roma defeated Shawn Michaels at 15 minutes and 40 seconds. 
which was a very interesting matchup, by the way, because those two are really good athletes. And uh, Jake Roberts got counted out after just being overwhelmed by all four members of the Visionaries who survived at 17 minutes and 42 seconds. So now we have the Ultimate Warrior all by himself against all four members of the Visionaries and Ted DiBiase in the match of survival so far. Um, And they were the first team in the Survivor Series four-year history to ever survive as a whole. The uh, visionaries were. Look at Martel scared to death. After him, Martel, you coward! You did the least stand in the Eight. ring and take the snake. Nine. Uh, the snake Roberts has been counted out. Therefore, visionary. Wow! The entire team of including, including the model, of course, the whole team. The first time down Main Street, Hartford. January 19th. Yeah, that's the first time it ever happened. That's my. I give the match. I give the match a thumbs up. It wasn't as obviously good as the match before, but I liked the way this match was worked a lot because they told the ultimate story. They just wanted to get Jake down by himself, and and you get sympathy on him. The poor guy's got one eye, and he's getting the shit beat out of him by four guys. And, and you're um, continuing that 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 model yeah. Jake feud, right? So and again, you're thinking, okay, the winner's got to go on here, too. So a lot of people probably thought Jake's going to move on, you know, like he's going to find some way to overcome with one eye and get the model. And he never did. Or at least maybe he'd eliminate the model and then he'd get overwhelmed to get beat. But no, all those members survived. So I I do. I give it a thumbs up. It was a little long. I think if it was like four minutes (laughs) shaved off, it might have been a little bit better. So I can understand if people give it a different rating. I'm going to mix it up. Craig, what do you think about this match? Go for it. Yeah, I give it thumbs in the middle. I think thumbs up. The only match for me on this card is that one previous to this one, but it's good. Uh, Hercules impressed me in this one. I was talking before we kind of started um, the the podcast, but actually both Hercules and Roma, you forget like how kind of good they were. Uh, someone hits the button on the Shawn Michaels bump machine like halfway through this, and he, <laughs> he goes, he goes for like two and a half, three minutes just taking everyone's bumps and trying to steal it. Um yeah, it was good. And then the 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 thing about being the entire team being the sole survivors on the hillside, kind of wacky, but it, it it did work. But uh, it, it was it was good. I'll uh, I'll give it a thumbs up because of the body of work in between it. It is a weird way that it lays out. But uh, here's my notes with it. Uh, the I mean, yeah, power and glory. That's you know, okay, great. That's that's I love it. But that goes without saying. The warlord looked am- <laughs> the warlord looked amazing here. Um, his his getup was so cool with the with the staff and and the crazy helmet. I I, I don't know. I thought it was awesome. Um, well, he'll pay for that later. Go on. <laughs> he sure he sure will. <laughs> yeah, Hogan loves the Warlord. By the way, they're mm-hmm. best friends. Um, uh, and they're playing with the vision with Jake uh, Piper. Actually, mentions the coconut. When <laughs> <laughs> That's when he comes oh, out. Man. He's like, oh, where's the coconut now? I'm like, oh, no, you did not just do oh, that. I did, uh, it's in there. Go back and watch it. So for those of you that don't know, Piper actually uh, accosted um, Snooka a long time ago with a coconut, um, broke it over his head. Yeah, very so he actually thing. mentions it dur- during the during the intros of Jimmy Snooka. <laughs> fascinating to me. <laughs> I think that's I think that's ah. great. So I, I j- just laid it down, but I want to get a little more detail. The Warlord actually connects, uh, uh, catches Marty Jannetty mid-air to a power slam when he jumps off the rope, which was awesome. <laughs> that power slam was phenomenal. It was a great pin. It was a great way to catch someone quickly and pin them. I really liked the way that worked out. Martel reverses uh, Snuka with a handful of tights. So it's a total heel victory for that piece. Um, then Michaels, like you said, starts bumping around for two straight minutes and eventually takes the power and gory uh, powerplex. 
um, which is their finisher, which is that obviously off the second rope suplex into a uh, flying crossbody onto the floor um, with two guys working in tandem. And then, like I said, Jake gets that DQ count out where you think he's going to work something out, but he just can't. Um, he's working with one eye. If he can't grab a hold of you, he's, he's pretty much useless here and uh, he gets beat up. But I, I, I love the, the work in here. It was a great, it was really entertaining to watch and that's why I, I gave it a thumbs up and yeah, I, the the warlord just gets no love, man. It's it's crazy. He was, I think he was better than people He's think. He's a big boy. Yeah, and he can work. He could work in there. You know, I just, I don't know. Just why didn't he get more love? Is beyond me. Yeah. So what uh, do we have an interview segment afterwards, Dave? We actually have a we have a couple of things going on. We have uh, we have a Royal Rumble teaser uh, coming into the segment real quick. January is the Royal. This is where it's teams, but then it's every man for himself. Which know. was a Saturday. By the way, it was on. It was coming up on a Saturday. And yeah, fuck, was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why the promo. Unless I'm. Com- I was c- completely confused, but I thought they said Saturday, which made they no did sense. They do wacky to me. stuff, and I mean, and we forget too. The first few uh, Summer Slams were on Mondays. Whoa! Oh, wow, because yeah. it was summer. You didn't, didn't matter, it was summer. Right? Yeah, you hadn't quite gone to school, school yet. So yeah. you, you, you traditionally schools went back after Labor Day, which was yeah. first week of September. So yeah, it was on Mondays. You you yeah, would bring your portable yeah. TV to the beach on a Monday <laughs> yeah, and watch SummerSlam. <laughs> and, and there is an interview after the Royal Rumble teaser. Uh, it's it's Sean Mooney, by the way. We kind of forgot about him too, uh, with Hogan's team, and everybody gets a little slice of, of interview time. Not the best work of of Hogan here. Um, Felt like he was just kind of flying by the seat of his yellow tights. Hulk Hogan, you've got your team assembled. Well, everybody knows me, Gene. When it comes down to the nitty-gritty, dude, you might as well throw the rule book out the window. We're talking about Survivor Series. That's why when we get in there and it gets crazy, anything goes, brother. And that's also why my maniacs have been hanging out on Venice Beach. And as we've been riding the big ones, man. Hogan. No, just go ahead and say it. It's fucking terrible. Whoa. Oh, so, shots well, let's steamroll into that match. So now we got one of the other big matches here. The oh, Hulkamaniacs uh, consisted of the big boss man, Hulk Hogan, Jim Dugan, and Tugboat. And they defeated <laughs> the Natural Disasters, which I find funny, this name, uh, which consisted of the Barbarian, Dino Bravo, mm-hmm. Earthquake, and Haku, who replaced Rick Rude, who right before oh. this uh, had a falling out and ended up going to WCW. Uh, got almost a year later. Actually, he just left so, after this. An, another pop quiz here: Who's the genuine tough man in this match? Uh, who's the real? Who's the real tough guy? Uh, who am I looking at here? Probably Earthquake and Haku. I mean, mm. I was gonna say Haku, but you're so, right. Earthquake yeah, so was, uh, Earthquake uh, was a genuine. Rick Rude was actually in a program right before this because he made fun of the boss man's mother. So that he was in a feud with the boss man. Rick Rude became frustrated with that feud, especially since the pay-per-view before he main evented against the warrior in a cage and uh, Rude wanted to go to the next level and Vince did not see that for him. So he put him in a feud, uh, making fun of the big boss man's mother. And uh, so when all that was going on, Rude just before this event said, I'm out of here. I don't like the direction that you're putting me in. Mm -hmm. And I want to say Rude... You can, he no-showed something because he wanted time off or something. I'm going to mess it up, so I'm not going to. It was some some disagreement he and Vince had about time off. And, and, and so, uh, so yeah, so he was Vince was pissed that he was advertised and didn't show up. So, basically, Rude's like, well, fuck you then. If you're not going to pay me or push me, then I'm out of here. And, uh, and when you like, think about that and, cage match with Warrior and, and the buildup for it, the, the storyline work that I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Brother Love was doing in the back and – 
But Rude put on, I want to say, a good 15, 20 pounds of extra muscle. Um, for that yeah, time. That, that's when Rude got. He really was trying. Big. It he, was like a he, you know a, a cruiserweight he, boxer going up the heavyweight division. You know, he, he was, was trying to, but he was legitly he was yeah. trying to get into the land of giants because he wasn't that big before. He was, I mean, he was shredded, but he was very light. Uh, and he, he literally put on 20 pounds of muscle, probably thinking he was going to be that main event stature for some time. And like you said, Vince just didn't see it for him, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's oh, so stupid. Yeah, it was good. That guy should have been around forever, you know, just uh, yeah. just uh, chasing on a hill. And, and like I said, he, he would leave here and he wouldn't resurface in the wrestling until WCW in Halloween Havoc of 1991, which was he, so he took almost a year, like 11 months off. later. Yeah, he, he wasn't afraid to flip off and just go fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. Like yeah, this he, would not he, be the last him. time he, he like fucks that. off. Yeah, yeah. he became quite good at it. Rest in peace, rude. God damn it, I love yeah. you. Um, uh, can I can I also say here that when the intros come in with these guys, uh, and I'm sure that it's Jimmy Hart that put this music together, but the boss man's music was dope. It was so good. People responded. You guys remember? If you ever huh? take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia. Yeah. If you yeah. ever take a trip. <laughs> I forgot that he started. He was a face. Just with all his, with, with all his kind of gimmicks, I guess I just remember him fondest as a as a heel. Yeah, but he was. Yeah, he was. He slimmed down quite a bit here too, and he was like a face for a few months already at this point too, uh, because uh, he didn't no Slick tried to sell him to DBS, and he's like, I'm nobody's <laughs> face. <laughs> you know, That's back insane. when they when they played off slavery and selling people, I can't do that. So, well, come on, that. David. Bossman stood up to it. I'll tell you that <laughs> much. Now. So we're going to go on to the match here. It was 14 minutes and 49 seconds, which was about right-ish. It probably should have ended after five, because um, <laughs> these are two. These are bloated men on both sides. Uh, oh big Bossman defeated lots of, lots of beers drank over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Bossman defeated Haku uh, by pinfall at three minutes. Uh, I have Duggan what got the f on that. Yeah. Duggan sure, got what did Duggan do? I don't even remember. I think I Duggan annoys he hit, me. He he, broke, he was DQ'd, he broke, he but I think for over the back on a few. Yeah, days. okay, that's what it was. Duggan is so yeah. fucking. And then sloppy. he was shocked by it. Yeah. He's like, what? He's so, Duggan's so sloppy. He got DQ'd at six minutes twelve seconds. He's so fucking <laughs> sloppy. He bothers me. Um, Hulk Hogan. He is, he's terrible. Dean, Hulk Hogan pinned Dino Bravo at seven minutes fifty nine seconds. Small Earthquake, package. <laughs> Earthquake beat the Big Boss Man. <laughs> At it's nine minutes, uh, Tugboat and Earthquake both got counted out at 11 minutes and 33 yeah. seconds. And Hulk Hogan defeated the Barbarian to win the he match at 14 minutes. So now it is Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior against all four members of the Visionary and Ted DiBiase lined up for the finals. Overall, don't forget this, that Bobby uh, took a whole series of bumps towards the end of that match, too, with Hogan. Who does? He did. Uh, Bobby. Heenan. He, yeah, he yes. Does because, I yes. was going to say that earlier in the perfect match. He did I that forgot too. how did it there, bef- yeah. before uh, Sprain stopped taking bumps. A lot of the managers in this night to, might have been this why night, he started taking Slick bumps takes a, a heck load of bumps and a bad bump in the in the in the last match. But Heenan takes a bump in the perfect match over the guardrail. On yeah, he goes over the rail. Concrete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He and he does one like he before he hurt his neck. He was inc- incredible. This might have been the he- last event worker, that man. Heenan took yeah. bumps on, to be quite honest, because I think he saw him just bump the shit out of himself all over on this pay-per-view. And I think Heenan's like, I'm kind of done with that at this point. Um, yeah. But uh, I gave the match a thumbs down. Uh, it was boring. Whoa. It was plotting. Uh, Hogan was terrible and sloppy. And so was Duggan. And they made me upset. And I hate Tugboat. And I didn't like any <laughs> of it. He really wasn't as good as we all probably I, I, I would like home. to have thought that maybe if Rude was a part of this, that it would have been down to Rude and Hogan, which would have been awesome. But that's my fan guy trying to fantasy book. Which Did I they probably, ever lock up when you think about it? Uh, some house shows, and that was it. Um, oh. Hogster off the ropes, the big leg, yes! 
but uh, but yeah, thumbs down. I hated Hogan's haircut here. It's like he fell asleep in the barber chair and he just said, "Do whatever, brother." And they cut it way too short because normally, yes, Hogan's balding on top, but his hair always kind of hit the top of his shoulders a little bit. Here it was like short and like a V in the back. It looked ridiculous. I hated it. I hated it, and I hated him yeah. on this pay-per-view. I don't know why I hated this match. Thumbs down. Go ahead, I, I, I feel like Survivor Series was his time. Like He just took time. He didn't oh. care about the working. He didn't care about the promo work. It was he never in question. Out. He was not going to win. Like He's I know some survive. Survivor Series he didn't, but like it was uh, most times it was never a question he was yeah. going to be a Survivor. And this was yeah. one of those times. Like who Who's going to pin Hogan in this match? So, yeah, I hated this match. Thumbs down. Dave, what did you think? Yeah, it's a thumbs down, but I think it's interesting. Like you said, Hacksaw gets DQ with two by four work. Oh, fuck at, like, no. Why bring it down? But he does anyway. Yeah. I put what the F when Bossman pins Aku, but I get it because he's he's a last minute replacement. So they just got to get him out of there. Cool. He, had, he, didn't, he didn't do anything to, to rehearse much, but not that they rehearsed it all anyway. Cool. And Hogan delivers a small package, you know, Bravo, which is the weirdest thing. I don't care. I mean, small packages are cool, but when Hogan does it, it's just awkward because he's so big and we're just so used tall. to the leg drop and that's all and yeah when you beat anybody in any other way i'm like what, are like, you what, doing? The, what the hell was that yeah because hogan could wrestle like Ugh. you know he would he would actually do work in japan and stuff but he never did when you saw him do a small package in wwf you're like what the hell is that it does hogan called it small and it's not like it looks Bravo's bad it's probably just, like come it's just on small package come on yeah and then, the leg um, drop at least no brother that's for the barbarian yeah and then bobby, bobby just taking some serious bumps is probably the most entertaining part of the match um, but also even even Duggan when he's when he's when they're doing work in there it's it's Duggan and Haku you could see that sweet lord um, it's pretty not 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 Haku I'm sorry um, Hacksaw and um, gosh I can't remember who it was it was uh, it might have been Dino there I mean it's it's pretty nasty the the clotheslines that they're doing they're they're pretty snug in there like I would hate to take a take something from from Hacksaw I felt like also he was Hex, stiff. Hacksaw either went completely snug or missed you by two feet. There was no in between with Hacksaw. He had yeah. like three botches. He here. was he was working snug tonight, but I still give it a thumbs down. Sorry, Craig, go ahead. Uh, I'll give it thumbs in the middle because I kind of popped for Hogan's entrance for some reason on this when I he watched. He always it. had people never talk about that. I mean, when you go back and watch his stuff in the early '80s, the crowd is insane, more insane yeah. than here. But I mean, like his his pops became a part of his gimmick, like in from '88 on. Like, that was what you watched him for. You watched him because he was Hulk Hogan, but you sure. also were like, I have to watch his entrance because most of the time his pops would be insane. And, like, yeah. it really – it's like a celebrity walking in the room. He really was that. But even after losing to the Warrior here, like, he was still Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, like, yeah. you're right. That's a good point. Like, it is every Hogan entrance I'll still watch to this day and smile because most of them are gigantic. They had to have like security kind of almost pace the line before he came down because they could yeah. kind of mob him. And he, the, before Hogan comes out, there's like a little bit, bit of security, like no checking the line and moving everyone time. back because yeah. it's a narrow entrance way. But like I was like, oh, man. And then I, for a second, <laughs> I got all philosophical. I was like, man, it must have been tough to be Hogan back here. Like everyone <laughs> mobbed him. And like this was the only time to. And I was like, what the fuck? Am I doing? Like, <laughs> I just thought of like how tough it was to be Hulk Hogan at this time. And then. Uh, <laughs> My other note of this match, I couldn't also couldn't take my eyes off Dino Bravo. He's so funny looking and swollen and big. And you yeah. think that he was shot in the back of the head for oh the illegal God. cigarette trade. And I was <laughs> well, just like, happened. I Dino mean... Bravo. Like, I don't know. Like, and even his like his elbows were so <laughs> stiff that he did like on. I forget who we did these launching elbows. Yeah, with. yeah. And he would jump high as fuck. And <laughs> yeah. Elbow him. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like. Fucking Dino Bravo, you're like just a strange dude. Eighty pound Dino Canadian Bravo. flying yeah. in the fucking yeah. air and elbow dropping you and not giving a shit if he knocked the rest in peace, you. Dino Bravo. I didn't mean to shit on you. you just you're interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. He came out with a glittery cape. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> oh my god. Well, what was the what is the segment after this, Dave? The segment after this is uh, Mean Gene brings out a special guest. Oh god, to be. Oh, the macho God. man. Oh, oh. that's right. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we yeah, were going I'm the other way. my chair. I'm like, uh, it's coming. Yeah. I know it's coming. Yeah. So, so this is. I I think this is interesting because um, you can tell that there. You didn't know what was coming per se, but this this led into a major feud for I want to say close to a year, over a year with with Macho and and Warrior, kind of all over all over the country, um, and it sparks obviously with with a major. Um, you know, major heel tactic that causes Warrior to lose the title to Slaughter, which pushes us into WrestleMania the following year. But it pu- also pushes because Macho's like, no, I'm I'm really the champion. I'm I'm the one that's legitimately the, the, I'm, I'm the one who deserves the title. It hasn't been that long since I was champion. Um, I'm coming after you, Warrior, and you can see that they're they're kind of planting the seed there a little bit, um, which was interesting because I I never I don't think I saw that interview before. At least I didn't remember. Can it, I so. can I tell you why yeah. this makes me mad? Okay, you tell me. Because they don't fucking they don't fucking do this anymore. Like oh, this, okay. this I, I was you're November, mad at that. you're mad, and, at and they pre laid out the story for January, and which carried on to WrestleMania it with did. between Warrior and Savage. What the fuck? Like it's just, and that's it only four up, months. It sets up Hogan to slaughter. Yeah. I get, yeah, and it sets up Hogan to slaughter at the same time. It moves Savage and Warrior out of the way, and then it gets slaughter in there. Like, oh my god, what they don't do that anymore, and I hate it. I hate it. Like, it makes me so mad watching wrestling today because they don't do that. Yes, I know pay-per-views are every month. Yes, wrestling moves a lot faster. But you don't have to fucking feature everybody on every pay-per-view every month. You can tell stories. Like, look at this. Like Dave just said, he went out there and did an interview. That's it. Savage wasn't even on the card tonight. And he said, blah, blah, blah. I'm coming after the Warriors. So as fans, we knew, oh, shit. Savage used to be champion, right? Savage is still a good wrestler. Savage is still a superstar. And even if Savage was heel, you still like them because he's fucking Macho Man. What are you going to do? He's Not savage. like Macho Man? Yeah. Like, so So you're like, yes. And people like the Warriors. So people are like, I like it. I'm daddy likey. And you can even think in your head as fans, maybe this is the Mania main event in a few months. Maybe this is whatever. But they told stories, and like you said, they brought in Slaughter with it. They brought Hulk into it. They used Savage to cost the Warrior the title. It was like a four-month laid-out, nice storyline. Forget the Desert Storm shit. I'm talking about the Savage and Warrior stuff. It was nicely laid out. They fucking It made me it mad when well I watched it because I'm like, I miss storytelling. I miss this. Like It made me upset about today's product. Oh, I'm sorry. Fine. Well, if you want to know what makes me even more upset, it's, it's the next round because – I, I don't understand this at all. Um, we're, we're getting into the next match, but before that can even happen, Mean Gene catches Sergeant Slaughter and his team en route to the ring and literally does like a, t- it feels like a 10 minute interview. It is yes, so with, ridiculous. And Slaughter's fucking annoying theme music with just the military drums in the background. Yeah, just like blaring like away while he's like, Baghdad, you Baghdad, United States, and Iraq. And I'm like, oh, Listen to me, puke. Out. I'm like, oh my God. So, yeah, so we'll get so into this, this fucking terrible goddamn match. It's 10 minutes. And, and, and I think, too, yeah, and that's the problem. I'm like, did they do this because they, they had time and they had to make sure the match was quick? I'm trying to figure it out because you, you have a, a slotted amount of a pay per view time, but it makes the match go really fast, which Good. I, I, I'm also in my mind, I'm like, thank yeah. God. But Good. this match was disgusting. Um, it was just, it was disgusting, but also I, I think there was a lot of missed things in there because you you do have the Orient Express that could work in there, but they in, didn't in do face shit. Camo. 
It was yeah, a highlight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the I Alliance, forgot about that horse shit too. It yeah. was yeah. the next oh. Survivor Series match is ten minutes and fifty two seconds. <clears throat> it's the Alliance, which consisted of Butch and Luke, the Bushwhackers, Nikolai Volkov, and Tito said no, no, and. They defeated the Mercenaries, which consisted of on Boris Zukov, who replaced Akeem, who left the company uh, about like two weeks before. Sergeant mm-hmm. Slaughter, Sato and Tanaka, the Orient Express with Mr. Fuji as their manager. And General Adnan was Sergeant Slaughter's manager. I uh, called this the God, the this match was match. so this fucking. Is, this is the go to the bathroom match. This match was so before. fucking brutal. Uh, Tito <laughs> Santana beat Boris Zukov in 48 seconds. Uh, Bush, yeah. Bushwhacker Butch defeated Sato in one minute and 46 seconds. Tito Santana beat Tanaka, two minutes, 13 seconds. Slaughter beat Volkov, five minutes. Slaughter beat Luke, six minutes. Slaughter beat Bushwhacker Butch, six minutes, 53 seconds. And at the end, Slaughter gets disqualified, which allows Tito to win and go on to the main event match, which is now complete. Tito Santana, the Ultimate Warrior, and Hulk Hogan will take oh, on yeah. all four members of the Visionaries and Ted DiBiase. Yeah, I my notes were this match was awful. It made me sad inside. Thumbs down. Good for Tito though. <laughs> that was all I put. Good for Tito. Uh, we like Tito. We like Tito. We do like Tito. You know, you know what my notes say on this. It is a thumbs down. But the first thing I noticed was two things. It's called the Alliance, and there's not. I mean, there's not one American in this alliance. Um, first of all, correct. But the reason why that's funny is because somewhere in the middle of the match, one of the Bushwhackers, I can't remember if it's Luke or Butch, but they start chanting USA and getting the crowd to chant USA. It's like, there's no Americans on your on your side. You're from New yeah, Zealand, cool. dude. It's yeah. just completely yeah, misguided booking. You so have a Rush, I, you have a Russian, right? You know, and you have yeah, yeah you have two New Zealanders and you have um and and and, and, and you have a Hispanic, probably Hispanic American at least. So I guess I guess we can cheer for USA. But, what was your uh, rating? Thumbs up, Dave. <laughs> huh? You thumbs up. You give this match. Oh, it's a it's a downer, bro. It's a downer. So real quick, before I, you go, Craig, I, Craig and I were talking before we hit record, <laughs> and I I just looked at this with forty three year old Jess's eyes. I did not think about this at the time, and I don't know why I didn't. So Slaughter gets disqualified to protect his gimmick because obviously they would use Slaughter at Royal Rumble to beat the Warrior and blah blah blah. It would have been so much more effectful. And I hate fantasy booking, but it's a bit of fantasy booking here. Why wouldn't Slaughter have defeated Santana and gone on to the end? And then them uh, just Hogan a warrior. Because it's all about Hogan a warrior, right? Who fucking cares? They could beat the world. So have Slaughter go on to the end. So it's six people against Hogan a warrior. But not even the heels want anything to do with Slaughter because he's an American turncoat. That would have put so and much they heat said, on they him packing. Yeah, we have Slaughter, enough people get Slaughter out of here. And just looks at him and Slaughter goes, yeah, fuck you, and walks away. And not, he wouldn't say fuck you. He'd be like, yeah, shut up, maggots. And then he would get no, counted okay, out. pukes. He yeah, would get counted out right away, or... never enter the match. So then it would go down to five versus two and do that. I love Santana. I'm glad he did. But if you really wanted to put some stank on the heel Sergeant Slaughter and get him ready for Rumble, you would put him in that main event match. He would beat Santana, first of all. Santana was a mid-card guy. I'm, I hate to say it here at this point. At this point, so especially. If Slaughter can't even beat a mid-card guy. And go but, over. But, Why does he get a title shot the next month? It makes no sense. But Jess, um, the re- the reason why you needed Tito was, I mean, who's gonna beat who's gonna beat the warlord? Seriously, this is true. Do, Actually, who's gonna, uh, gonna do that? As I said that out loud, and you just said that point, I feel foolish for even challenging it because you're correct. <laughs> now I feel foolish. That had to happen in life. <laughs> that had to happen. So, Craig, go ahead. What do you think about this match? Sorry, thumbs down. It was Sergeant Slaughter's kind of test event for his main event run. He spent a majority, a brunt of the work in the ring. 
Uh, I respected it watching it with my 44-year-old eyes, but he wasn't ready, and he was pretty winded. It was a pretty terrible match, and the promo before it didn't work. Um, yeah. And then... It was brutal. It was a good harbinger watch. because the, his entire program as a turncoat kind of, well, almost destroyed WrestleMania. Uh, and blew and then tear on the, on even, the company's down decline. So it didn't work, but even the down. interview didn't make sense. No, Craig, I couldn't, you couldn't understand a word he's saying. I was like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. But even, even what you could understand, he was, he was praising Iraq, but then he would shit on Iraq saying, Hey, there's no camels here. There's no sand in yeah. my Thanksgiving dinner. I'm like, what are you? Yeah. So what are you supporting? Oh, exactly? This was the first thing live in the, for the armed forces network or whatever. Yeah. He was, so was mocking like mock the troops that were overseas celebrating Thanksgiving from their tents in army food for Thanksgiving. And he was like, "There's no, no sand." I, I, I get that, but like, you, you say you love Iraq, and then you shit on the sand, and you shit on the fact that there's camels here. It, just, it, does, it doesn't take it. You know you're yeah, not like, supposed to look that far into it, maggot. Yeah, you're you're in too deep, maggot. You son yeah. of a bitch. So, yeah, yeah. I just I, I remember that too. I was just yeah. It's, it's almost bad. as bad as what comes next. Uh, uh, well, so we got, I know- we got Sean Mooney with the visionaries. Uh, oh well, not that and the million dollar man and okay. the. Uh, they do a real shit interview there. All right. And then you get on to the big stack so of shit. So I know we are running long on this review, but Dave, here's my notes for you. Let's do it. Just describe this really fucking slow because I want to get upset. I want to get I want to soak in this. Okay. For a okay. Long the time. best part the best part of this whole uh and by the way, what we're what we're trying to preface is in the beginning we talked about the big egg. We're all wondering what's in the egg. For weeks. We honestly No, four hmm? weeks before they're four talking weeks. about they're Something's talking about gonna hatch out of this egg on Survivor. It's gonna series. hatch at Survivor Series. Yes, we thought it was gonna be some amazing wrestler. Which, by the Who's way, the, the person that was underneath it is not a bad wrestler. But we thought, oh, it's gonna be some amazing person. We're gonna see. Some well, and let me, let me tell you here too. This first of all, this is the third thing of my three things that are historic. This spawned yeah. wrestle crap because every year the wrestle crap they give an award called the Gobbledygooker Award <laughs> to the worst, <laughs> the worst angle or whatever for the year, and that this spawned wrestle crap in a sense. This so, is the this and the Shockmaster are the holy grail of wrestle crap. Uh, wrestle crap. And uh, so pave the way. Yeah. So, that, so when you get in, into in it, uh, me and Gene is having fun. He's cracking. He's making oh, wise sure cracks next to the I'm sure he was. Um, it's getting hot in here, so it must be ready to hatch. <laughs> but you know, having, he's having fun, and finally, the goddamn thing hatches, and it's the gobbly googer. And really, they're like, what is this? It's got big feet, and it's a beak, and and he's just like gobbly googer. And you're like, what did you say? Oh, oh there it is. What, what is it? <laughs> what in a world? Oh my it. God! What? What in the world? It was somebody dressed up, and Dave said it was a uh, uh, Guerrero Senior. Yeah, it's Guerrero Senior, who is is, is a great wrestler. By the He's way, in a turkey oh, costume. Eddie's dad. Yes. Wait. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, he's part of the girl family. Uncle. I don't think it was his dad. It was, I, I, I want to say I, it was his uncle. Last night. God dang it! Now I can't remember. Um, oh, it was his uncle, I think. I think it was his uncle. Yeah, you're right. It was his uncle. So his uncle was uh, a chicken. Yes, he was uh, a turkey. Uh, well, it was a gobbledygooker. Oh, sorry, right. yeah, a turkey. Sorry. The sorry. eyes looked like right. Sorry. The gobbledygooker's <laughs> yeah. eyes looked like a golf ball was cut in half, and each. It half did. Half yeah, I, I, I had that in my notes. Yeah, it looked like a giant golf ball cut in so, half. So, so um, the wrestling yeah. landscape back here, Lex Luger, for no reason, lost the U.S. title to Stan Hansen at Halloween Havoc of 1990 in October. So, uh, 
if you there was no internet back here, obviously, and everything, but if you were like a hardcore wrestling fan, people actually thought that Luger was going to be in the egg out. that he lost abruptly to Stan Hansen because he came to some kind was, of disagreement yeah. and he was jumping ship. Also, a lot of people started surfacing that uh, Flair wanted to leave because, again, he hated Jim Hurd and he was getting up to it. Jim Hurd wanted him to cut his hair and become Spartacus and all that shit. So this is before this is like eight months, nine months before Flair actually left. But a lot of people were thinking it was him. There was a lot of people that people were the the, the AWA, I want to say, just folded at this point. So they were thinking maybe it's going to be somebody from the AWA that there was all kinds of things that people thought it was going to be. And it ended up being just a stupid fucking gimmick. So the stupid gobbledygooker comes out of the egg and literally drags me Gene to the ring. And it takes, it feels like it takes forever just to get Gene in the ring. And he just wants to dance with me and Gene. The crowd is booing by the way. The crowd is booing it, but they're, it's funny. They, they only pan to the people that are clapping. And it's all sorry. My mic just went nuts. Um, but it literally, they're dancing. I don't know if you noticed, but they're dancing to Cotton Eye Joe. I don't know if you guys have yes. figured that out. Yeah. Um, and, and the crowd's like, they're like, oh, this is great. Some of them are like, they're on shoulders and they're clapping. I'm like, oh, what is this shit? And then what happens is like, uh, you know, Guerrero starts to do some amazing you know, acrobatic work in there and says, okay, you do it, Gene. And he's like, no, no. And then he does a cartwheel. Gene tries to do a cartwheel and it's a fucking awesome. disaster. Um, he falls. I'm like that. That you know, you probably just took five years. That means he's like, thanks, Gobbledygooker, dick. You know, we could have had yeah. Eugene for five more years, but no, you wanted to do a fucking cartwheel on Survivor Series. Such an epic waste of time. Why uh, would pro- they hype it? Yeah. First of all, why an egg? It's not Easter. Secondly, um, yeah. I don't understand why. You, if you're not going to have a wrestler make a surprise appearance, yeah. Then why hype it for weeks before the pay per view? They could have just opened the pay per view and been like. People are get what's this egg, Hot Rod? I don't know, man. Come on, man. It could have been that. Ah. And, then they and if they were going to do a feel-good clap moment, because they just really wanted to give Santana a rest before the main event, um, it had to have been why. That's literally it. That's literally like, it. So, yeah, so literally why, they, they had to keep why hype it up, for yeah. weeks? They hyped it like they would hype when a wrestler is making a debut. That's what they did. That was the sin. That's why this qualifies as wrestle crap. That's why if we never heard anything about an egg at all, and then like I said, they opened the pay per view, and Monsoon's like, "Oh, it's Survivor Series. It's Thanksgiving night." But Piper, there's an egg here. If they did that, and it was just like a theme for the pay per view, I'm fine with that, no problem. But they hyped it. But yes, you wouldn't. Then you wouldn't have wrestle crap. So oh, that's true. In my too. mind, again, another thank point God, that Dave makes. Thank God for the gobbledygooker. You know what? You're right. You're right. Thank you, Gobbledygooker, for your service. I had not seen this full segment before, um, so I didn't realize the length I'm pretty of sure it. when we watched it at Jess' house, we always fast-forward it because he was so yeah, bad. Yeah, so you've seen it in the highlight reels. And so I, th- <laughs> I saw it hatch, and I went, ha, ah, I'm going to talk about it on the podcast. And then I went to go take a dump and left the, and left the event running. And I can, But I'm, my bathroom's down the hall. And it's a Friday night after work, kind of like I've had some chips, I've had a beer. Like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a double flush. But it took a little while. <laughs> and kind of like the segment, right? It was yeah. a moment towards like, and I, I was out of three minutes. I was like, it's still going. I do not remember any of the stuff. You can hear the, the music, ring. right? I do not remember yeah. the long thing. But all that to say, I was like, wait, what? And I can't. And I came back. It'd be four minutes and he was still in the ring. And I was just like, okay, this is a component of why, how hated it is. It wasn't just the thing. It was so... Uh, so drawn so, out, so drawn out, drawn out in awful. your face. Like knowing that we teased you for weeks and then we deliver this shit. Ha! You get, <laughs> like that <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Vince, Vince yeah. in the back stupid. going, <laughs> <laughs> look at this stupid shit. Yeah, I bet he wasn't in the back. I bet he was at home in Stanford on the phone laughing. 
Yeah, eat with a big drumstick in his orders, mouth. Just, yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> turkey leg. <laughs> so I, at the risk of running long, we all hated the same. Which we uh, but I know that they had an interview with Santana, Warrior, and Hogan. I will steal your yeah. thunder, Dave. And, no, you're good. And for whatever odd reason, Hulk Hogan, I think, forgot Santana's name and called him the Ariba Man, which I found fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's right. Santana, yeah. Santana's standing yeah. next to that. Hulk Hogan yeah. and the Ultimate Warrior. And Santana's like, all right, baby. Like, he's excited. I really yeah. made it. Bubba. Like, you know, and Santana's a legend at this point. Legitly. He's a fucking world-traveled veteran oh, yeah. at this point. He's amazing. Two-time former, former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion. Santana's a, a man. A goddamn man. And uh, mm. but instead of Hulk Hogan going Tito Santana, he's like, and me, the man. warrior, and the Ariba man. I forgot your name, bro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. like and before that, he's like, we came in together, brother. And from the very beginning, me and Ariba man have been started here. <laughs> oh, I was like, no. you what an asshole. Oh, <laughs> oh, Tito. Why do I hate Hogan in this pay per view? I just yeah, hate you did like you're I'm telling you, Survivor Series. He just didn't. He didn't. He was annoying shit. as fuck in this pay per view. And so right, he's uh, second banana here. He's probably not happy with his place. I don't know yeah. whether he knows. Where, however, where you going. are right. But at the same time, they used him to give the Warrior a rub again. Because why yeah. do what they did? So this leads into the grand finale match of survival. It was Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, and the Ariba Bed against. <laughs> <laughs> against the, all four members of the Visionaries, Power and Glory, yeah. Ted DiBiase, uh, uh, Rick, Rick Martel, and the Warlord. And let me tell you right away. Warlord wins it. So With the million dollar man. Hulk Hogan hates the Warlord, and I'll tell you why. Because every <laughs> Royal Rumble, Hulk Hogan, if you go back, We've Hulk Hogan eliminates the Warlord yeah. from every Royal Rumble that they encounter each other. And I'm not fucking lying to you. Go back and watch it. Uh, so for like three years straight, Hogan dumps him over, dumps him over. Even like I, immediately. Yeah, yeah because there's something, there's something bothers Hogan about the war, uh, the Warlord. On a Saturday Night's Main Event Battle Royal, he dumps the fucking Warlord over. I'm not lying to you. This is all on tape. So on this one, Hulk Hogan's like, I've been getting a lot of fucking critique about always shitting on the Warlord, so Ariba Man will do it. And so basically... <laughs> The match didn't even start. Like, they get in the ring. Warrior comes in his theme music, and fucking Hogan's bobbing his head or whatever in Santana. And then out of nowhere, before the match starts, the bell, well, the bell rings. Santana runs off the, no, Hogan punches the Warlord. That's right. Hogan walks into the Warlord, and he's like, how you doing, fuck? And then punches him in the face. And then Santana hits the ropes, hits a flying forearm, and pins the Warlord, the biggest (laughs) guy in the match, in 28 seconds in the match of survival. And as a kid, I remember going, I was so happy for Tito. And my notes say, good for Tito again. But I'm like, Hogan is like hating the Warlord here. They just did this all the time to the Warlord. It was fucking hilarious. Um, And then at 1 minute and 51 seconds, DiBiase went ahead and pinned Santana. So good job, Santana, for a minute and 51 for all that work just and to, then yeah. uh, uh rick martell got counted out uh, i think he just gave up yep. he got a sh- the shit beat yeah out of him he, he, he was out. getting yeah he was getting picked on pretty hard he just yeah. walks away and then uh and then hulk hogan uh defeated ted dibiase by pinfall yep. eight minutes and 30 seconds because hogan's always got to be dibiase and the ultimate warrior defeated hercules ironically who was the uh last sorry hulk hogan also beat paul roma earlier as yeah, well yeah i, I, I missed mm-hmm. that too i missed uh, the paul rubies i must have got and real quick jess just yeah. it, the the gobbledygooker segment I just realized it wasn't to give Tito Santana a break at all because they wouldn't do that. It was to give Hogan <laughs> more of a break because he had the match before oh, Tito. That's exactly what hard. it was. Oh. You're welcome. Continue. I'm so tired, brother. Can we do a yeah. thing? 
How many What's wrong with you guys? Minutes, 25, what? 27 minutes. I'm going to need 30 minutes tops, brother. Arriba, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Ultimate Warrior defeats Hercules, who was the last man. Nine minutes, seven seconds. Yes. The winners of the match of survival uh, in the spirit ultimate is survivors. Tito Santana, but the actual people who survived is Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, which they raised each other's hands. Shocker. They made out for about five minutes in the ring, and they did all this stuff to try to give the Warrior the rub again from Hulk Hogan. I don't know why. At this point, yeah. in his rate, if he's not over, he's not over. And you found out in two months what they thought about his reign. He loses to Sergeant Slaughter. Hulk's That's my two cents on that. I give the match survival for concept wise thumbs in the middle, but it was rushed and it was thumbs. All the guys were tired and they're just like, what are we doing here? Like you can see all the guys in the ring too, especially Warlord. He's like, why am I even doing this? I just got pinned in 28 seconds. Why am I doing this? Like, I, I don't know. It was a sloppy match. I hated Hogan's hair. And the only thing that explains the Warlord getting pinned like that is like, I'm still getting paid, right? I just yeah. I must have been that kind of guy. I'm, it was I'm, it was all designed for Hulk and Warrior to have that moment where they're standing on the outside of the ring and they're holding each other's hands up and the camera's like down shooting up. That was like Vince is like, yeah, I need that shot. Like why? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They literally designed a whole pay-per-view just to have Hulk and Warrior pose together at the end. Weird. This really strange like. Oh, no, you exit the ring first. I'll sit on the rope. No, you exit the ring. You're I'm giving the deference to you. Here. It was like, get over it. You, This is stupid. <laughs> Good gravy. And I just kind of thought like the dynamic of these two is like they must have like just hated each other. Yeah. yeah. Or like I mean, they're just they're, they're fighting just for the same spot. But like that whole like, how do you plan it out? And it was just we- it was just weird to see him. But it was bad. Yeah. yeah thumbs down. And sorry. Dave, Jesse, what do you think? Huh? I, I Craig said thumbs down. I give it a thumbs middle, like you said, for concept. And again, Warrior just stupid, that stupid splash. God damn it. Um, makes me so mad. Um, but I, I enjoyed the concept. I enjoyed the ultimate match of survival. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just, it, it is interesting because you know, when, when Warrior and Hogan, you know, start to get the adrenaline pumping or they Hulk up and you see what's left is, you know, power and glory and million dollar man. You know, it's just it's just. A uh, didn't of time. Hulk Hogan do the world's worst power slam on Hercules? I I remember Hogan doing a shitty power slam and then tagging the warrior. So it might have been on Hercules. I don't remember. It was awful. I I mean, the match itself is not the best. It's just that the actual. It was so right. Was- you everyone knew it's just just end it now. Just let have Hogan and Warrior pin people in thirty seconds. You yeah. know what the ending is going to be. Just I think get I think there. that's the problem. Is that. To your point, everyone knows what's going to happen here. It's just too these these guys were put up. They're, they're almost they almost look like demigods. You know, it's it's like putting Thor in there at that point. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the hammer is going to go through every single one of you. Um, just can we just finish it, please? We will. Yeah, we will yeah. sacrifice a Tito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, put, we'll put Tito there to get people a little bit. Uh, you know, get them get them a little a man. I'm so Ar- sorry. Yeah, yeah, get I'm it so right. It's a Reba man. Yeah. Us three together, right, guys? Okay, I Freaking go. Block. Freaking Hogan. Hogan. Ah, dang it. So many. Like <laughs> yeah. I said, just hating on the warlord sorry. and can't remember Tito's name. I'm so sorry, Tito. T- what you mean, Tito? <laughs> so sorry. But what's funny is, like, I, I think we have more thumbs middle and down than thumbs up, but I give the, the pay per view. They've been together for years. <sighs> Me I and, give the uh, pay per view a thumbs I'm up. So what do you guys give the whole pay per view, by the way? Uh, I give it a 
comes in the middle. You got to think about what's going on. You got you you got the Iraqi war hot and heavy. They're playing it pretty thumbs hard. Thumbs in the middle, the, but the, close to thumbs up because of the nostalgia factor. I the, really, I really, the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, I really liked watching this back. The Undertaker, like I told you, those three big milestones. The Undertaker debut. It was the only Survivor Series with the grand finale and uh, the gobbledygooker. Um, but I mean, like, still, you know, we talk about the gobbledygooker and Dave. You know, we were joking earlier, but Dave's like, it actually spawned an entire website that's really popular now, and they've the guys made books and videos and DVDs off WrestleCrap, and like, it's a thing now. You know, wrestlers, wrestling fans love that site. So, uh, as much as you hate it, you would not have. So, just just made that point earlier. You would not have WrestleCrap without it. So, yeah, it spawned it so that there was three major things here. And uh, the debut of The Undertaker is absolutely iconic and just where he would go after this. And, yeah. uh, you know, you had two good matches like that match was really good with the uh, um, million dollar team against the dream team and the visionaries and Vipers was good, too. And so you had some decent wrestling on here, too. And it wasn't meant Survivor Series was never meant. It was always jam packed. Like Craig said earlier, it was always kind of a clusterfuck. But at the same time, like you, there was some bright spots. There was MVPs almost to every match. Bret Hart sticking out Shawn Michaels in another one. Uh, Jake was also good in that match, too, because he took a hell of a beating. Uh, perfect in the opening match. Uh, I don't think there was an MVP in the Hogan match because it was awful. And there was nobody that was a standout in the alliance versus the other match. But, I mean, there's, you know, those three big matches that people remember. I, I will always remember Bret Hart in that final saying, fuck, I will always remember the Undertaker yeah. entrance. And it's all Survivor Series 1990 in a bow, in a nutshell. Yep. What do you guys think, Craig? Uh, you like he? Uh, thumbs in the middle. That's all I got. Yeah, I give it. I give it a thumbs up. Uh, but I'm I'm leaning heavily on Undertaker for that one. And power and glory, mostly power and glory. <laughs> they, they get to shine. Come on, bro. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't have a thumbs up unless there's power and glory involved. That's a, that's a new rule. Right. So right. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. But don't forget, we're also part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcast. Catch them at the WrestleHub on YouTube and Instagram. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good one. Dear, don't you